we uh, do a Baptist Catechism question every week, and we are on question number 68. And I'm going to read the question if you would read the answer with me. What is the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment is, Honor thy father and thy mother, and they may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God gives thee. If you're uh, new to kind of catechism questions, it's kind of a new thing. Uh, use that digital handle that I mentioned at the beginning of the service, and you can click on the link that has Baptist Catechism. You can see all the different questions. That comes from Desiring God, uh, John Piper's ministry. Um, and so this is something we practice every, every week as a church to learn more about doctrine, learn more about theology, learn more about God's word. So I am going to um, have Javante Moss come up. He is our, he's going to preach for us. Uh, Javante and Ryan Taylor and Ben Flora are a part of a pastoral internship at Redeemer Fellowship Church. And one of the things that is a part of their task is they will preach here on Sunday morning. And uh, one of the things as a church, when we started Redeemer Fellowship Church, we wanted to be a church that utilized college students in the ministry of God and to expand his kingdom. And so you can notice just by the people in this room the impact that Javante Moss has had while he's been here in Evansville and at USI. And so God gives all the praise and glory for that. So I'm going to pray for him, and he's going to bring the word. Dear Lord, I pray for my brother, Javante. Lord, thank you so much that I've gotten to know him. Lord, you have such amazing plans, Lord, to expand your kingdom, to glorify your name through him. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to grow him in the faith, continue to challenge him, continue to bring people into his life that are older and, and wiser who will lead him and guide him, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would calm his nerves, that you would speak through him, and that we would hear from you, Lord. May you challenge us by your word. May you, for those who are not followers of Christ, may they see the sign of the cross and believe and trust in it. And for those who are wavering in their faith, who are doubting in their faith, may you encourage them and may you lead them closer to you. We love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll get set up here real quickly, and then we'll get started. <clears throat> so, like Matt said, my name is Javante Moss, and I'm a senior right now at USI, so it's just about four minutes away if you Google map it. And I'm very excited to be here today. Um, I'm going to share a short story about how Matt and I kind of met. And um, I started my freshman year at USI. I um, came into college as a Christian, and I was looking for different student ministries to get involved with, campus ministries. And um, I didn't know Matt my first semester, but then he posted something about a mission trip um, my second semester. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to reach out to him. Um, so we met, and he's just now remembering this. He probably doesn't remember um, so we met, and then after that, we didn't talk again. I don't know why, but we just didn't. Um, but God, he brought us back together uh, my junior year, which was last year, um, probably during one of my driest seasons and darkest seasons that I've had um, so far in my short 21 years. Um, so I was very thankful for Matt that he pursued me a lot and that he uh, invited me to come to Redeemer Fellowship. And now that I'm here, and he offered an opportunity to do something um, so big like this. But um, just a little bit about me as well. I'm also from Mount Vernon, Illinois, so I'm not really from this area, so I've still been learning a lot about the Evansville area. 
Um, but this morning, as we dive into the Word, I do believe that this passage, it brings a clear vision of what the Gospel is. Um, the music that we've sang so far, um, you can clearly tell that it's all focused on Jesus Christ and His death and resurrection. Um, yeah, so, if you'd like to flip to the passage, we will be in Luke chapter 11, verses 29 through 36 this morning. And I'll give you a second to flip there. And we also have it on the screens, but I highly encourage you to also be able to read it straight out of your Bible. Okay. So when the crowds were increasing, he began to say, and this is Jesus speaking, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Verse 33. No one after lighting a lamp puts it into a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp, when its rays give you light. Um, so it's a very difficult passage. Some of you probably don't understand what that was. So I'm excited um, that we were able to hear God's word so far. Now, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for um, all the blessings that you give. I thank you for um, providing us a church to be able to come in and understand more of who you are, understand your son Jesus more, and the Holy Spirit more. Father, I pray that as we go along in this service that, um, that you would remove any thoughts on my mind if if I think that I'm the one that is actually speaking. Lord, it's, it's you speaking through me, and so I pray that the people in this congregation will be able to hear your word. I pray that they would um, listen and that they would truly soak in what you have in store for them this morning. And Lord, I also lift up other churches in our area as they, uh, maybe they've already got out of church or they're still in service, but I pray that they'd be glorifying to you. And I also pray that here that our service would be glorifying to you and that uh, through the teaching of your word, you would uh, just help us to grow in your, in your will and that we would love you more and that we would desire you more after this service. Pray for any heart in here that um, is hardened and that um, that their life is full of sin. I pray that if they're hurting or if there's any brokenness, that today would be the day that they would recognize their need for a Savior. And I pray that, um, again, we just glorify you and honor your name this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, so another thing about me is... If you're one of my friends, you understand that I'm very sarcastic a lot of times. Um, you know that I like jokes. I, don't, I can't really tell jokes, but 
uh, more in the moment, spontaneous. I love humor. Um, so I thought, you know, we, we need at least one laugh this morning. Uh, and I think that's appropriate, just one laugh, and that'll be, that'll be it, and that'll be okay. <laughs> so I have a story, and I hope that it does not offend anyone. Um, <clears throat> there once was a boy who... Um, he went to church on Sunday morning, and he learned the story of Jonah. Um, as in our passage, you heard Jonah being mentioned. Um, and so he came to school on Monday morning telling his teacher about how at church he learned about how this well, this big fish, swallowed this man. And um, his teacher's like, that's, not, that's impossible. That can't happen. And the boy keeps saying, yeah, huh, my preacher said so. He told me that he was swallowed by the fish. <coughs> and the teacher says, no, that's not possible. And then the boy says, well, I'm going to ask him when I get to heaven. I'm going to ask Jonah. And the teacher says, well, what if he goes to hell? And the little boy says, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> so that's our, that's our one laugh for today. Um, but that's one of my favorite stories. I only heard it twice, but I thought it was appropriate. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, our first point is going to be, well, sorry, the title of this message, it's the only sign available is the message of the cross. Um, as we read, there's talks about signs. And so my first point is going to be through verses 29 and 30. The sign of Jonah is a sign of repentance. <clears throat> so this week while I was on campus, I wanted to ask, um, well, Monday night as I was studying, the thought came to my mind to ask students on campus, what is it that they wish they had a sign of, um, if they could have proof of, or any evidence of? And I'll tell you the three answers that I got. Um, God was one of them. Uh, he was the first person I asked. Um, that's what she told me. Another person said proof of heaven, that they wish they could see that there actually was heaven or that there even was hell so that we'd know um, where we'd go in after eternity, or for eternity. And then another person, they said happiness. They wish that they could see happiness. And so even in today's world, as we saw in the passage, um, as Jesus calls them an evil generation for searching for that sign, um, today's world, they're still searching for physical evidence and proof. Um, as we're a society that wants proof of, you have to prove something. You have to prove that God exists by being able to see something of him. In this passage, with their needing of a sign, it clearly demonstrates a lack of faith and trust in God. Um, they had already seen many signs. Um, some, I wasn't here a few weeks ago when Matt, he preached on, uh, starting in verse 14 through 16, um, Jesus, he actually cast out a demon um, right in front of these same people, and now they're coming back to him asking for a sign. Um, so they had heard, and they had literally seen physical signs of evidence that Jesus performed these miracles, but they still didn't believe. Um, so we can see that coming from a non-believer standpoint, someone who hasn't put their trust in Christ. Maybe you want that proof. Um, but for someone who maybe you are in Christ and you have that relationship with God, you can still find yourself thinking, well, I really hope that the Lord, um, he, puts, he puts me in a church where I can make an impact for him. I hope that he uses my gifts. I hope that he um, sends me to a different nation so that I can be used. Um, 
but you think, well, I need a sign. I need something that shows me that I need to go there. Um, and clearly, you should obviously pray over that. I recommend that highly. Um, but I want to turn to a passage in Hebrews um, where we're going to kind of define faith as we will talk about that quite a bit. Um, so Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of the old receive their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. Um, that's important there. Um, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. <clears throat> um, so as we ask God to put these signs in our life as Christians to um, show us exactly where to go and move us to that way to where we can, he can answer that prayer by hope he does this for me. Um, it's not meant for us to see every single detail that, um, ahead. God, he has a plan already in store and he just wants us to put our faith in him. He wants us to trust that plan, um, his plan. And obviously we want, we want to use discernment in this because um, a lot of times um, there are, I do believe there are some times where you might not go somewhere um, if it may affect you or your family in a way, but also um, we are to suffer for Christ as well. But yeah, so use discernment in what the Lord is um, leading you to. But a lot of times we get discouraged because we don't have that sign. Um, we think that God is mad at me, um, so therefore in return we get mad at him. And um, recently, actually, I got hired to go on staff with the campus ministry. It's called Campus Outreach. And for about a month, I was praying and wondering if God wanted me to actually do this. And I was looking for a sign. And eventually, as I said, I was praying for it for over a month. Um, they called and said, we'd like for you to go on staff. Um, and then I, of course, prayed after. I'm not saying don't pray or neglect that prayer. But then... As I was reading my, um, I wrote out my testimony and I was like, wow, I, I, I just need to put my faith in what God has already done in my life and what he's going to do through this ministry uh, and just go ahead and do it. And I, I don't need um, someone to call me at 3 a.m. because they got a dream and they said, I think you should go on staff. Uh, just, just need to put my faith in him. And so I'm asking you to do that today. If there's any area that God might be calling you to do, just put your faith in him instead of seeking for a physical sign. Um, just the other day, I was talking to a group of friends, and one of them, she was sharing about this girl that she had recently uh, became friends with, and she was talking about how she wants to bring her around with us um, and hang out. Um, and she asked the girl if she believed in God. And the girl's response was, yeah, but I feel like God is always leaving me on voicemail. And uh, I love my friend's response. She said, I think it's the opposite. I think that a lot of times we're the ones leaving God on voicemail and that uh, we're not trying to really listen to what he has. We just we keep thinking that we do, but really we're the ones leaving him on voicemail. Um, so I'll continue with the passage. Jesus does him a favor, though, and so he gives him a sign. Um, it's not a physical one, 
But um, I will say, I, I will spoil the Book of Jonah for you if you've not read it before. Um, so I highly encourage that this, um, this week to go through it and study it. It's only four short chapters. Um, it's a huge, um, it's a huge blessing to your life, I think, if you were to fully read it. But um, when we look back at the story of Jonah, he, um, God had sent, or yeah, God had told him to go to the city of Nineveh, and he, and then Jonah, he thought, no, I'm not going there. And so he went the opposite direction, um, and he was running away from the Lord. Um, and God basically wanted him to go to Nineveh to tell them about their sins and to tell them to repent and that God's judgment would be upon them if they don't repent and that he would destroy their city. Um, so the problem was, Jonah, he he wanted to escape that. And he went. He tried to go to a city far away, so he gets on this boat. And um, as, as I said earlier in my story, um, he gets swallowed by this great fish. Um, as there was a storm that was created just before he was thrown into that water. Um, so, a um, result of that, God, he doesn't, he doesn't for him, or for us, not listening to his calling in our life. Um, so, yes, this storm was created, and Jonah, he knew it. He knew um, as soon as it happened that this storm was all his fault. And so, he's in the fish for three days and three nights, and... The thing was, the reason why Jonah didn't want to go to the Ninevites is because they were actually his enemies. So he hated these people. He didn't want anything to do with them at all. And so that's why he wanted to run from them. And he also knew that if he was to go there, God would, he, he would make those people repent. He knew that they would change their heart and that they would desire to know God. And he didn't want that. He didn't have a heart for those people. Um, so Jonah, it's while well, we learn in BBS, um, it's a cute story. Um, also, there is a lot of deeper meaning to it as well. Um, as Jonah, he he was not faithful at the beginning, <clears throat> but eventually, after Jonah, he obeys God's command a second time to go to the city after he um, comes out of the fish, um, and these people they do repent. And that's exactly what Jonah thought, that they would repent. And then um, God, he spared their city. He didn't destroy it because I'm assuming maybe not everyone repented. I don't know that. But um, a lot of people repented of their sins, so God spared them from that. So when we look here at the story of Jonah, it draws attention to the need to respond in repentance of sin. Um, during Jonah's time in the fish, it represents Christ's death and resurrection as Christ died to the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And so just like the Ninevites repented of their sin at the hearing of Jonah's preaching, we must repent of our sin at the hearing of the gospel and the God's word today. Point number two, it comes from verse 31, 32. And you must hear the gospel as it is not about seeing signs. So Jesus here in these verses, he's comparing his teaching to Solomon and then also Jonah. Um, so we see in verse 31 that um, the queen of the south um, went to go hear the um, teaching of Solomon. 
Um, she wanted to hear the wisdom. So hearing is the key word here uh, for, ver or for point two. Um, and it's interesting because these people were right there in front of Jesus, whereas this lady, she traveled um, a far distance to hear King Solomon's preaching. Um, and then verse 2, we look at, uh, or verse 32, sorry. We look at how the wicked Ninevites, they repented of their sin. Um, and the Jews here in this passage that Jesus is um, talking to and they're asking for that sign, they still don't, they still reject Jesus. They don't, they don't really care about the sign because they're not hearing what he's saying. Um, and again, we can go back to verse 14 where Jesus originally performed a sign by casting out a demon to them. But all the Ninevites had to do was hear the word of God, the gospel. All the queen had to do was hear Solomon's teaching and his wisdom. In their hearts here in this passage, they're not, it's not right with God. Um, and they're, they're not wanting to put their faith in Christ. They knew of the signs. Like I said, they had already seen them. <clears throat> and they'd seen the miracle, but they didn't understand and see the miracle worker. <clears throat> the Ninevites, they were, they were farther away from God. Um, than any nation or any person you could even think of in today's world even. Um, so you think of the most corrupt person, and I'm not like saying, like, oh, we should judge them. I'm just saying think of um, world powers that are just extremely hateful towards God's people. Um, if you think of those people, um, like I said, they were so far away from God, and yet all it took was for them to hear the word of God and they're, they responded by repenting of their sins. And then earlier in the passage, we see um, at the very beginning that Jesus calls them a evil generation. And so uh, I honestly believe that Jesus would say the same words about our generation today. Um, if a couple of Sundays ago and last Sunday, uh, Pastor Matt, he preached on how... Um, self-reformation, self-righteousness, and how it's all about yourself. Um, well, he didn't preach to encourage that. He um, <laughs> preached to um, share how that's not the right way to go about the gospel. Um, but we see that in today's world as well. Um, with um, And then Jesus would consider that as moralism, which Pastor Matt taught on as well. But what I see a lot of times on the college campus is ethics. It's all about your ethics and ethical reasoning and how you view things. Um, but here are, here are five statements that um, kind of frustrate me. <clears throat> do whatever makes you happy, as if if I do what makes me happy, you truly, I see it as you truly not caring about what I'm doing. I'm just doing me, so if I'm just doing me, I'm caring about myself and not what others around um, are thinking. I just have to trust in myself. Um, I think that with that one, um, the Bible says that for all, way, all for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of eternal life is through God. Um, and with that, 
meaning that our sin, um, I don't know, I just would not trust in myself. Um, up here right now, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit and speaking words. I really don't, um, it's not about myself, it's not about Javante. So if I'm trusting myself, I probably want to twist things up um, to make you like me more. Um, I did tell one funny story, but that's probably all this would be if I, if I was truly being um, myself. Um, but another one, if I give to so-and-so, then I'm good. I don't have to worry. I did a good deed. And then as far as a good deed, um, I hear this pretty much every day. I did my good deed for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still think that there's still a lot of self-righteousness in our world today. Um, and that these same things that they were struggling with, that's what they, they seen themselves as okay. They thought, well, I have to trust in myself. I'm, I'm doing whatever makes me happy. And they thought that was okay and that that was enough. Whereas in reality, it's not. Um, it wasn't then and it won't be now or the next day or tomorrow. Um, so the Jews, they didn't see Jesus as credible here. And they honestly could care less about his um, They just didn't trust him. And that's the problem. Their heart did not want to trust what he had to offer them. And if we think of um, today, people in our society, um, with people who don't believe in God, atheists, um, they, they say similar things. If there was a God, then why is there cancer? If there was a God, why are there so many problems in the world? If there was a God, why did he allow my parents to get divorced? Why did he allow me to get divorced? Um, why why would he allow poverty? Why would he allow hunger and wars? <coughs> why would he allow my family to be split apart? Um, and we can get we can get angry at God for these things, but um, he he's given us the gospel, which is Jesus Christ coming down to die on the cross for our sins. Um, and these things, they weren't created by God. Cancer um, and all the problems of the world, uh, world hunger. God created the world perfectly, and we can see that at the very beginning of the book of Genesis. Um, but our sin was a problem. Um, so a lot of times people are saying, if God would just fix these things, then I would believe. Beloved, God didn't want those things to happen. And the only sign that uh, people will get today is a Christian like you to share the gospel with them. Point number three. Um, it goes along with verses 33 through 36. Um, so I want to read another passage out of Matthew. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Let me find it here. <clears throat> You are the light of the world, a city set up, set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all those in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they must see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Um, recently, I've started reading. I don't know if anybody else has it. So it's um, our daily bread. It's just a short little devotional book. Um, so each morning they have, or you don't have to do each morning, but each day um, they have just a short devotional. You can see that it's very tiny. 
And this is one from just two weeks ago. Um, two, yeah, two weeks ago, exactly, actually. And it's called Shining the Light. Stephen told his parents that he needed to get to school early every day, but for some reason he never explained why it was so important. Yet they made sure he arrived at Northview High School by 7.15 each morning. It's too early. On a wintry day during his junior year, Stephen was in a car accident and it sadly took his life. Later, his mom and dad found out why he had been going to school so early. Each morning, he had, each morning, he and some friends had gathered at the school entrance to greet other students with a smile, a wave, and a kind word. It made all the students, even those who weren't popular, feel welcomed and accepted into the school. A believer in Jesus, Stephen wanted to share his joy with those who desperately needed it. His example lives on as a reminder that one of the best ways to shine the light of Christ, of Christ's love, is by gestures and kindness and through a welcoming spirit. And I think that each one of us today, we could do something very similar. I mean, this kid, he's, he's in high school and he wanted to get there early because he understood that there was darkness and that students are going through different things. I know for college students in the room, Especially right now, I think we're in a vital spot where there's so much darkness on the college campus. And that was one of the reasons why I believe God was leading me to go into campus ministry. Uh, because there's, there's just a lot of wickedness on the college campus. And I think that we all can make an impact on that. Um, yeah, and I didn't say the point here, but point number three, it's the light is the gospel of Christ. Um, so I want us to do something real quick. Everyone, close your eyes, and I'll close my eyes, too. We're not praying, though, so you don't have to bow. Um, as you can see right now, it's completely dark. I know for me, when I'm standing, I feel kind of weightless because I can't see anything. Um, I can vision what was there um, whenever my eyes were just open. But um, as we slowly start to open our eyes now, just very slowly, now we see something tremendous. We see each other, we see light. And so whenever we think of darkness through these passages here, um, that light, whenever we open our eyes, it made a huge impact on our vision. And now we're able to see um, properly. Um, so I'm going to read verse 34 here. And we, sorry. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. And so what we can take from this is that a lot of times um, in today's world, whenever we see things, um, honestly, a lot of it is sin. Uh, men may struggle with pornography. Um, women may too. Um, comparison with women. Um, we want people to see or we want people to accept us, so we do things that they can um, see that we're, we're, we're doing things right. Um, we want people to see our accomplishments. We want to see our bank accounts loaded. Um, we want to see fame in our life. We wish that we had what others had. We're envious. But with Christ, we won't ask the question, am I good enough? Because he's good enough for us. And 
we don't have to look to those other things. Yes, um, we may have accomplishments and we want to still feel accepted by people, uh, but with Christ, all that will come with Him. So when thinking of an I, I really don't like that I'm going to say this, but um, I, I got a phone call at the beginning of the year, and he, uh, he's one of my uh, friends here. His name is Larry. And he said, yeah, it's a year clear vision 2020. And honestly, I didn't really understand it at first. Um, and it took me a second to catch on to what he was saying. Um, and so, yeah, even, like I said, at the very beginning of the year, um, he gave me that phone call. And so I think this year, with it being 2020, a lot of people are seeing it as a year of clear vision. Um, and that we want to see clear, we want to renew things, we want to make sure that our vision is set right. So it's, it's very interesting that, that, that this year is 2020 and that that is there. And then in this passage, we're talking about our eye and how it can be healthy. And so a bad eye is wicked, or if it's wicked or evil, um, it results in a life full of spiritual darkness, which is separation between that individual and God. But a healthy spiritual eye, it allows the full light of, the, of Christ and his presence and truth to flood into us. And again, the sick, wicked, selfish, spiritual eye, like the Pharisees had um, back at the very beginning in verses 29 and 30, it keeps us in darkness and our hearts are hardened, just like the Ninevites, or yeah, just like their hearts were hardened, but then they were exposed to the gospel by the hearing of Jonah's preaching. Uh, the Queen of the South, she heard Solomon again, and her heart then changed. And another thing is that we, all this, even if we have healthy spiritual eyes, it can be ruined by pride, it can be ruined by envy, and pursuing pleasures of this world. And then in verse 35 we see, Therefore be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. So, a lot of times we think, or we have to be careful not to put our hope in the wrong things. Thinking that we're good because, again, we did our good deed for the day or we donated to so-and-so. Um, but we have to be very, very careful that our hope is only found in Christ and nothing else. And another thing about the eye that I love is that um, I do see that some of you are wearing glasses. And so whenever you go to the eye doctor, it's really neat because you actually, what's happening is whenever we're saying reconciled, we've said that word a lot today, um, your vision is actually, there, there's something wrong with it. And it has to be reconciled. And so as they're doing your tests and whatnot, they're reconciling your vision so that you can see clearly and perfectly um, and making your vision set straight and right with, um, with your life. Um, as you walk around, you don't want to trip on things. So, um, in 2 Corinthians 5.17-21, it says that, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God, that is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so as we look in a year of clear vision, um, I just want to ask you, where where is your eye set fixed at right now? Um, this morning, is it... Is it dark, um, going down a spiritual dark path, or can you see the spiritual healthy eye that you're living with? Um, one thing that I've gathered through studying over this passage is that um, when a person's eyes are filled with the light of Christ, it'll affect their whole being. So we see that those who have already come to faith in Christ. Um, and honestly, I don't. I don't know what the time's been like. I don't know if I've gone short or long, but um, I am in the closing part now. So for the non-believer in the room, if you're looking for a sign, will you look to see what Jesus has done for you by dying on the cross and rising again on the third day in order to defeat the grave? For the believer in the room, maybe you already have surrendered your life over to Christ, but will you continue to put your trust in Him and be committed to prayer and community and serving the local church that you're that God is calling you to be a part of um, we put your faith and trust and maybe again like I talked about earlier uh, where we hope that God puts us somewhere that he uses us he's going to use you just put your faith in that specific area that he's you already know that he's called you to do but you're just looking for that sign and again if you're here last week Matt, he challenged us. Um, he was talking about New Year's <coughs> resolutions. So um, he challenged us to see what our friends' New Year's resolutions were. It has been a week later, so it might be what they were and not are now. But um, he wanted us to draw that conversation of their New Year's resolution into a spiritual conversation and letting them know that you can try to fulfill these desires and it is good to have goals. I'm not saying that. Um, but a lot of times we may put our hope in those things instead of in the gospel and Jesus Christ himself. And so this week I'm challenging you and for the rest of your life, honestly. Um, look around at your friends, your family, your coworkers, And will you look to see if they're walking in the light of Christ. We share the greatest love story with them. Um, we lead them to putting their faith in the cross and be a sign for them. Um, here's the last thing I'll share. On, on Monday as I was preparing for the sermon, um, God laid in my heart to, I already told you to go and ask different college students what they, if they had, if they could have physical evidence of a sign, what would it be? I didn't expand on the stories at all, but the first person that I went and talked to, um, she had said God. I wish there was physical evidence of God. 
And honestly, I wasn't expecting it. So I couldn't just walk away from her saying, oh, thanks, I appreciate that. Um, I knew right then and there that uh, I was talking to someone who was living in darkness and they needed to see the light of Christ. And honestly, I was scared inside because I had no idea what to say to this girl. I was thinking, dang, I, I really am stuck. So I, I prayed and asked God for help in the midst of her and I talking. Um, she had shared how um, she grew up going to the Catholic church and then she had went to the Christian church and she just was in a limbo right now. She didn't really know what she wanted um, or if she really believed in God, but she knew that faith came through seeing and, or through hearing instead of seeing. And so she was just having trouble with that thought. Um, and honestly, I had no answer for her. I, I could not think of anything. Um, and then I thought, okay, I know what I can do. I can, I can get her number, and then we can meet up again so I can think about it more. Um, so that's why I told her. I asked if I could get her number, and then we can meet up and talk about it more. Um, but I was super unsatisfied with that, honestly. And then um, I walked away, and I sat back down to study, and I just I couldn't focus anymore. I was like, something is not right. And God, I believe, he, was, he wanted me to share my testimony with the girl and let her know that this is how I've seen God's hand in my life. This is how I've seen him work in my life. And that, um, to me, um, these are the signs, um, not the reason why I trust, but uh, or it's part of the reason why I trust. And then, um, so I still didn't tell her my testimony. I literally walked out of the library, and I was honestly at this point, my heart was racing. I was like, "Oh my gosh, something, something's not right." And I knew it was, but wasn't right. Um, and so, finally, just like Jonah, as God said, "Go share your testimony with her a second time." Um, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna do it." So I walked back in the library, and I just asked her. I said, "Can I bug you for one more minute? I'm sorry." Um, so I just want to share my story with you, and this might be able to help in some way. Um, so I did, and I, I shared my testimony with her. And then as I left, I finally, you know, I felt good, and I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. And then um, an hour, like an hour later, I was sitting down in my bed. I was getting ready to go to sleep. <clears throat> and this is the text that I got from her. <clears throat> It was nice meeting you, Javante. I was wondering if I should share this with you or not, because I'm not sure what I make of it, but I'm sure it has value to you. I prayed for the first time in a long time on Saturday, anxious and a bit at loss, and I simply asked for a sign of some sort. I believe that things happen for a reason and that something compelled you to speak to me today, knowing that there was something you could offer me. I'm in no way settled with my beliefs or grounded in a certain idea, but I found comfort knowing that there is something that put you in my path today to assure me that there is something more. I figured you, en you would enjoy hearing this, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. I'm not exactly sure where that relation, or not relation, um, where that conversation is going to lead into, um, but I am praying that God would remove the darkness in her heart. Um, sisters, I may need your help on um, reaching out to her and talking to this girl, but um, as you can see, even today's world, 
people are still looking and praying for a sign. Mm -hmm. Will you be their sign? Mm -hmm. um, now I'll pray for us. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I just I'm so thankful for for the gospel that you love us so much to send your son to die on the cross and that you help our eyes to be healthy and that we can focus on you. And I just thank you for this, this passage and that we got to hear it this morning. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in this room that they, um, they need to repent of their sin or give their life over to you, I pray that they would talk to me, they talk to Pastor Matt, Pastor Robert, after we conclude here, or talk to the person that brought them. But Lord, I just thank you so much for this message. I thank you for your word and the work that you're doing in this world. And I pray that as we leave today, that we wouldn't just forget this message, but I pray that we'd be a sign for those as the only sign that we're able to provide 